0: Please turn with me tonight to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, and verse 28, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ. Matthew 11, verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. My title is Rest for Your Soul. Rest for Your Soul. I'm speaking about spiritual rest. And as you know, our lives are inundated, flooded by so many yokes. It is a part of our fallen nature. Unless you appreciate your fallen nature, you will never appreciate what the Lord has suffered on the cross of Calvary to redeem your soul and to redeem my soul. And some of those yokes we brought them upon ourselves. We are responsible people, though most of the time we are really irresponsible. What about our tormented consciences? What about the frustrations of life? What about our unfulfilled desires? Our lust, our covetousness? What about the many many frustrations what about the guilt you know many many people are unhappy in this world not because they are not surrounded by uh, by possessions they ha- they are surrounded especially in, in the west it seems it seem for me that we have we have everything but we are complainers you don't need to teach anyone how to complain but still we are unhappy people but what about the guilt of sin? It's heavy upon us. But you see, this is where this text comes like, uh, like re- really waters for somebody in the desert, thirsty. And Christ says, come unto me, come unto me. And you don't need me to remind you that really if you look deep down in your heart, we are, we are torn apart. I see many times in my own life, I'm torn apart between two, not two powers, but many powers, contrary powers, opposite powers. Sometimes I really want to please God. I think deep down in me, God created me, but there there are those contrary powers in me. Where should I turn to? And the conflict is within and without. Within and without. No escape. Oh, this is where, again, this verse comes as a God-given verse. Here is the Savior calling us, giving us what we may consider tonight as the most gracious, the most generous of all invitations in this world. It has been said by many that this is the only text in the four Gospels Where the Lord Jesus Christ so explicitly speaks about his his own heart in his own words. Only here. I, I, I could say I'm happy with that. But in my small mind again, I think the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ is spread for us throughout the Bible. Every every book, the 66 books of the Bible, each one you take, you will see something of the kindness, the goodness, the graciousness, the generosity, the meekness, the lowliness of the the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. But take it as as something uh, you can trust in. The only time when he speaks to us in his own words about his own heart is here. Come, come, he said, take my yoke. I'm meek of heart. My dear friends, no man could have, could utter those words. Have you met a man who says, come to me, I'm meek and lowly of heart? (laughs) Most of us are so proud, full of ourselves. But you know, when you look at the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ, a heart so pure, a heart so perfect, a heart so gracious, there is no heart like the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. But I believe Christ is not just opening for us his heart. He's opening his life. He's opening his mind. He's opening his love. But for you and me and the greatest, I believe, he's opening the gates of heaven. He's opening the gates of heaven for you and me. My dear friends, this is a a passing world. It it, It is a vain world. No matter how you you cleave to it, it will let you down. It will let you down. His heart bled. He shed his blood for us there. And guess what? This is the only blood that was shed. Or if if I may stick to the heart, this is the only heart that has, has bled for the greatest number in the world but also for the biggest benefit. My heart might bleed for you, but it takes you nowhere. The heart of the queen or the king, the heart of the prime minister might bleed, but it takes me nowhere. It has no advantages for me, but the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ is for the biggest number in the world, but also for the greatest benefit, big benefit. But what about our heart? You know, one of the church uh, uh, fathers, a great theologian, he said, I paraphrase what he said, our hearts are restless. They are restless until they find rest in God. But you know, science will never take you to God. Do you know that? People say science said there is no God. Please show me where science said there is no God. Everything that science today is discovering is really pointing, oh, this, this world. Have you ever seen something coming from nothing? Nothing coming from nothing? God created everything. He created the world. And that is why we need revelation. Without revelation, if God doesn't reveal himself, you and me will never find him. But look at the previous verses. Verse, verse 26 there. Verse 26. And Matthew 11, 26. Even so, Father, as the Lord Jesus Christ prayed, giving thanks to his Father, for so it seems good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, verse 27 there, and no man knoweth the Son, but the Father, neither knoweth any man. The Father save the Son, for he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. God must reveal himself. That's why all the religions of this world, this is what they are missing. They tell us there is God. They tell us there is hell. They tell us there is heaven. But how do I know? And this is why the Savior came. He gave us his written word. The Bible is the mind of God. The Bible is the written word of God. He gave us his word so that we may approach him. We we may know about him. It's like a map. It's like a map showing you you the direction, where to go. Otherwise, you and me, without God, we are in complete darkness. Oh, do you want to know God? Do you really want to fellowship with God as as the father, as your only father, heavenly father? Please, I want to put before you four headings. Let me list them for you so you know where I'm going. The first one in this Matthew 11, verse 28, as Christ says, Come unto me, all, not just some, but all, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The first thing I want to mention is the host. Who is inviting us? The second, we want to speak about the, the command. I should even put it in plural the commands. And third, we want to look at the guests. If you have somebody inviting you, he is the host, there should be guests. We we have to look at their condition, who they are. And finally, I think that's the sweetest. Maybe you sh- this is what you should be looking for. But, but without understanding who you are, your condition and my condition, it's just impossible to be a guest. It's just impossible really to have the benefits of, uh, of responding to that invitation. It is the call. So may I ask you tonight, will you pick up the call? The phone is ringing. Will you pick up the call? Oh, first thing, look at it, look at it, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Consider the host. My dear friends, who is the person inviting us? Who is the person who is telling us, come unto me? Because you know, the, the person behind the invitation gives weight to the invitation. The, if a king invites you, it's different than a peasant inviting you. And this is, uh, you have it there in verse 28. Actually, throughout Matthew 11, it is really the Lord Jesus Christ speaking. It is Christ Himself who is inviting you. And in verse 27 again, oh, look at that verse. There are some people who say Jesus never said He is God. It's here. He said, I'm God. I'm equal to the Father, and in verse 27, all things are delivered unto me of my Father. He has all authority. It's, he's not a, a, a kinlet. This is the king of kings. He's equal to the Father, He is God equal to God, in power, in nature and uh, in essence. But I want to add something. I, really, I have really to go uh, uh, swiftly through these four headings, but in the same, in the same uh, aspect of the, the host who is inviting us, my dear friends, look at his heart again. Look at his heart. And we are told, look at not only his heart, look at his character. Look at his attitude. Look at his disposition. He tells us, he tells us about his heart, everything about the Lord Jesus Christ, his heart, his head, his hands, his feet, his, uh, his, uh, his life, everything about the Lord Jesus Christ is gentle, it is meek, it is lowly. Have you kings of this world, I believe, are not meek? Kings of this world are not lowly people. Look at people, the notable people of this world. Those who have even a a small, just dealing with a tiny spectrum of authority. They are proud. They give orders here and there. But the, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying to us, not an angel. Not a prophet asking us to come. This is God of the very God, the son of the living God, the second person of the Godhead, the one who committed himself to come into this world. He is innocent. He did nothing wrong. He is perfect. He is blameless. He is blameless. He is spotless. But we, we are the unrighteous people. And we said, like the people of the past there, we do not want this man to rule over us. That's what we said daily. So tonight, if you spurn the Lord Jesus Christ, you are in the same same basket. You are in the same boat with those people who said, crucify, crucify. Oh, the heart of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is unique. He comes to us with gentle and winsome words. He is never tempered. Because we are everything. We are everything but uh, meek and lowly. God must come. God came. He came in His Son. You know why He came? Yes, to die for our sins, but to give us meek and lowly hearts. No program, no rehab. No medication, no, 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 there is no, there is no drug or, or drinks you can have in this world that will affect the lowliness and the meekness of your heart. Only the blood, because the Savior is meek and He is lowly. Oh, this blows my mind, you know, it blows my mind just to think about it. The invisible God, the only one who has immortality. He came and he made himself visible in a sin sick world. And he came to take upon himself our sins and to reveal God to us. Oh, pick up the call again. I will keep saying to, to challenging you. Pick up the call. The king is interested in you. The king of kings is calling you. But I must come to the second heading. We said, who is the host? It is God himself. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. And his heart is meek and lowly. But look at the command. Come unto me. It is a command. There are three commands actually in the the three verses. Verse 28, 29, and 30. The first one is come. The second one is take. The third one is learn. You come. Come. You take and you learn. All that the Lord Jesus Christ does it. But I must really explain to you what it means to come. The first thing, the word come means I must move. I must make a spiritual move in his direction. Why? Because I was walking in the opposite direction. In Isaiah 53, we are told that we are all led astray like sheep. Each one of us going his own way. I, you know, I thought I was free. But I was a slave. A slave to sin. slave to the world. slave to my flesh. slave to the devil. You are not free. It is the devil who is telling you you are free. Nobody is free. Unless you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It is in John chapter 8 verse 36. It says there, if the son sets you free, free you are indeed. But without Christ, there is no freedom in this world. And that is why come means I move towards him spiritually. It's not about a physical act where you are sitting. Or when you go back home tonight, sit on your knees before the Lord. Lord, I come. Lord, I come. You see, God is not after sophisticated, elaborated language. He doesn't ask you to write an article or a paper or a thesis in order to come to him. It's very simple. Even a child, like a mother, saying, Child, come with the hands wide open and the child understand that. Oh, how, how stubborn we are to understand the simplicity of the gospel. God commands in Acts chapter 17... God commands all men everywhere to repent. And I replace that word with the word to come. But number two, explaining the word come. Oh, you see, it. Christ says, come to me. Come unto me. <laughs> not, to, not just to somewhere. Not just to somebody. But come unto me. Unto no one else. And only me. That's why... We cannot we cannot say to people all religions are equal. No, it's impossible. First Timothy chapter two verse five. There is one God and one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ the man. Acts chapter four verse twelve. The only name that has been given to us by which we can receive the forgiveness of our sins is the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In John chapter fourteen verse six, Christ Christ said himself said, I am the way. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways among the many ways. Oh, my dear friends, he said, come unto me. And you see the pronoun there, the pronouns there, it's all in the first person. Come personally to me. Take my yoke, my, it's his yoke. Take my burden and learn of me. And I will give you rest. Not someone else not another prophet, it's all about him. And he tells me to come to give meaning to your life. I come, my life will have a purpose. My dear friends, here is some good news. I hope, I hope if you are still far from the Lord, this is good news to your soul. He doesn't say come with a creed. He doesn't say come with tears. He doesn't say come with many prayers. He doesn't say come with uh, bells, uh, smells, uh, candles. He doesn't say come with, uh, with worthiness. He doesn't say come with achievement. He doesn't say straighten yourself before you come. I come empty-handed. That's the answer I give to his, uh, his command. And I have no ritual, nothing. He doesn't say come with fitness. Just come. But thirdly, to explain that word again, come, come expresses intensity and urgency. You see, he doesn't say come tomorrow. He doesn't say come after you have thought about it. But he says come right now. There is intensity and urgency because the word come there comes like just imagine you are almost to fall in a precipice and here is the savior telling you stop. I wish I could uh, shout it even uh, uh, louder just to alert you. It is like uh, an alarm bell ringing and uh, a shout and uh, a cry. But again, don't, uh, don't misunderstand me. It is a a cry of concern. It is a shout of somebody who wants to to avoid the other person. Such a great falling into a bottomless pit to be in a great mortal danger. And that is why there is urgency for you and me to come. Even now, as we hear the word of the living God, we come to him as he wants to draw our attention. Come. Will you pick up the call? The king is calling you. You know elsewhere, we, we really can spend the rest of the night telling you about occasions or instances. Many of them are in the Bible. When the Lord Jesus Christ said, come, in, on one occasion he said, come, all things are ready. You have nothing to bring. You know, when you go sometime to a reception, they ask you a dress code. They ask you what to bring as a gift. (laughs) He's not asking anything as such. He's not asking anything as such. You come, as I said earlier, empty-handed. And to the dead Lazarus, four days dead Lazarus, he was in the grave there, stinky and smelly body, and the Lord Jesus Christ said, Lazarus, come. And what happened? Lazarus came. And I'm sure you heard preachers are saying, if he didn't say, Lazarus, come, and he only said, come, all the dead will come, will be risen on that occasion. But he said specifically, Lazarus, come. You remember Peter? Peter was in the boat. There was a storm. And the Lord Jesus Christ, he saw the Lord Jesus Christ walking on the waters. And he said, if it's it's thee, Lord, uh, command that I come. And the Lord Jesus Christ said to Peter, come. And what happened to Peter? He walked. Yes, he he sank very soon. But at least he walked. He can say to the others, "You you didn't try. But I tried. And he came. And he was received by the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, there are so many instances. One comes to my mind, Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, the short man in Luke chapter 19. You know, when he saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he will run. He's a publican, a a tax collector or officer. He ran and climbed upon a tree and the Lord Jesus Christ saw him there and Christ said to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Haste and come down. And he came down. I'm telling you this because the Lord Jesus Christ said to him, today, not tomorrow, today Zacchaeus became a son of Abraham, meaning that he became a believer because he came. Oh, there are many more. But this suffices for us just to think about that command to come to the Savior, bringing nothing to him because we have gone astray. What to do, my dear friends? Come, come, come to whom? To the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. And it is the maker who is telling me to come. And sometimes when a sinner hears that call, Lord, is it me? Will thou forgive a sinner like me? And I know in my mind that no earthly king will ever invite me. I think it's just impossible. If impossible exists this is something that will never happen to me. But guess what? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords is saying to you and me tonight, come. And the only thing I need to do is to do that spiritual move towards him and you will taste that the Lord is good. I must come to the third one. Very simple. Look at look at the guests who are the guests Matthew 20, 11, verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden. That's their condition. They, were, they labor and they are heavy laden. Meaning what? Oh, since we have all sinned. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, we have all sinned and come short to the glory of God. That is the meaning of to labor and to be heavy laden. You are oppressed by sin from every flank, from every aspect of your life. This is why you and me, we need a savior. Burdened and weary with sin and guilt, lost and separated from the living God. The world burns heavy burdens upon us day after day. And you cannot escape. But the world cannot help and it cannot ease your, work, your yoke. And, and to my frustration... The world is even making things harder and even harder for us. But look again the verse. Oh, there is so much in this verse. What are we told? Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I said it earlier. We are not free as we think. We are enslaved. We are enslaved to sin. We are in great bondage. To be heavy laden is to be confused. You know, I remember when I was... uh, I was a Muslim for many years. I was confused, completely confused. I lost it on every parameter of my life. I was in complete darkness. But when I came to the Savior, I know which way I was going to. I, I know that the Lord will never forsake me. I know that the Lord will never leave me. He is now the lamp and the light into my life. And this is why the Lord Jesus Christ could say, come unto me. To be, to be, to labor and to be heavy laden is to be fainting, is to be weary, is to be panting, to be without hope in this world. Oh, outside Christ, we are just like a beast of burden. Our souls are oppressed from everywhere, burdened by our own sinful nature. You remember I read, I read Psalm in our first reading, Psalm 38, there in verse 4 and 5, the psalmist said, for mine iniquities are gone over mine head, and as a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. And David, the same David said again, my sin is forever before me. Labor and heavy laden. And the good news again before I come to the fourth heading, Christ is not calling the rich. <laughs> he's not saying, come unto me the rich. He's not saying, come unto me the elite. He's not saying, come unto me the educated ones. He's not saying, come unto me who the, the, the cute ones, the little, the little good ones. He's not saying anything as such. But he's saying, the sinners, the poor, The blind, spiritually, we are speaking. The crippled, spiritually. The handicapped, spiritually. Those who do not have any hope in this world. Those who are panting after righteousness. Thirsty and hungry after righteousness. These are the people the Lord Jesus Christ is inviting. As I close. If you only live for this world, With all respect to you, you live for nothing. Because this world, we read in 2 Peter chapter 3, will be totally burned. It will become ashes. It will fade away, melt. You know how snow melts? Under the sun? This is how we are told that this world is going to melt. What do you have then? Nothing, the most miserable person is the person who lives only for possession, who lives for the here and now. But look now, the gain, as I close. Look at the gain there. Verse verse 28, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will give you, you who come personally, I will give you rest. Take my yoke, verse 29, upon you. And learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. You shall find rest unto your souls. My dear friends, God gains nothing with you and me. But I receive everything. I receive answer to prayers, I receive the forgiveness of sins, I receive adoption. I'm adopted as a child of God, I receive His righteousness. Oh, do you see something here? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. There is a transaction there. Salvation is a transaction. I bring my unrighteousness, my unbearable yoke, I bring my, my, uh, my sins, the mountains of sins that no man could count. I give it to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he gives me what? He gives me his righteousness. I didn't invent it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin, God made him sin. So that we, we who have trusted in him, will receive his righteousness. So he gives us a new garment. He gives us a a new accoutrement. We receive the righteousness of the living God. So that is why when you stand before God at the day of judgment, you will hear acquittal, acquitted. No condemnation because he has trusted in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The heavy baggage of sin is lifted up. It is rest for your soul, rest for your mind, rest from the guilt, rest from the bondage of sin. And Christ will become your teacher. You will become his disciple. Oh, I wish I could continue telling you more about what benefits. But don't come to him just for the benefits. You come to him because you have rebelled against him, because you are a sinner. And if you die tonight in the same condition, without being reconciled with the living God, there is no hope for you and me. Oh, my dear friends, that unbearable burden was taken by the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, I will give you. God has nothing to send. He is not a trade man. He is a giver. And I will give you. We gain everything. And if we do not come or look at verse 21 to 24, what happens to the cities who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ? It says there, woe unto them. Woe unto them. And even Sodom and Gomorrah will be less judged than them, the people who have rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, Christ will give you rest. His blood will cleanse your conscience and purify your heart. He said, I will give you rest, and you shall find rest for your souls. Rest from the tyranny of sin. Rest from loneliness. Rest from ignorance. Rest from darkness. Rest from confusion. Rest from emptiness. Hear the call. Pick up the call. The king is calling you. Heed the call and speak to the Lord tonight in repentance and faith and you shall find rest for your soul. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Let's pray together. Our heavenly father, how we thank thee, that Christ is still calling sinners. How we thank thee that in Christ he is all sufficient. He can take upon himself the sins of all the world, every person who may come to him. But we know most people in this world do not want to come. But we pray that the Holy Spirit will prompt some, even in our, in, in our gathering tonight, And those who will listen and watch thy word even later, O Lord, grant salvation. We plead with thee, Lord. O Lord, wrestle with our souls. If we cannot come to thee with faith, O Lord, give us that faith that we will be able to come and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Repent from all our sins. And receive eternal rest. Not just a a, a small pause in this world. But we shall receive everlasting life. In the name of our Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's close together. uh, By singing our last hymn. Hymn number 358. Come unto me. Ye weary and I will give you rest.